1: The suckers going up. Well, there you go. So we're now playing the playing footsie intro live with the podcast because we've got some new features on Riverside. Wow, <laughs> that looks fun! Thank you. Welcome back to the playing footsie podcast. Uh, every week we'll talk about stock stock market news, blah blah blah. And to this week, we've got Steve D and Steve W back. What has been going on this week with you guys? How's your week been? And how's your week in stocks been?
2: It's been a good week, Paul. Uh, I've had my first COVID jab today. Ooh. That was fun. Uh, I'm actually from the same batch as Steve D, it turns out. We're, uh, we're vaccine buddies. Uh, and that's kind of nice. We're both Pfizer. Uh, my arm's gone quite stiff now, so I'm not entirely sure that Pfizer put the right thing in the vaccine that they were sending me. It might be some of the stuff they were developing before. But...
0: Hang on No No, we're not doing that (laughs) We're we're just going to (laughs) leave that out there are we Okay fine <laughs> oh amazing
2: oh, sorry yeah anyway i've had a good week thank you we've got lots of you're new
1: go, steve. we've got lots of new buttons on this podcast app and steve d insists that he wants to play loads of weird noises and drum things that it's was his cue a to do it that was that was his one chance to do it and he messed it up so i was la- i was laughing at the joke anything, anything it was a funny joke it was a funny joke I, but you're
0: supposed I can't produce and enjoy my notes at the same time. I'm just one man. <laughs> but, but I've had a I've had a pretty decent week. Um, stock wise, I had a really really good morning. Like shot up like way way higher than uh, than I expected it to. But we, we sort of come back to earth in the middle of the day. And we're back to about where we started now. So it's not it's not been a great finish to the day. I don't think. But we'll see. See how it
1: goes. yeah my my week has been uh pretty sort of flat in fact i've probably had a pretty flat couple of months i've only fluctuated probably 40 40 quid either side which is which is kind of normal for me i suppose but uh yeah, some of my big players uh broad calm has done very well um over the past but it's not doing very well this week and digital realty digital realty on the comeback uh maybe i should start selling some of this off because it's that's an overvalued stock that is doing pretty well at the minute. So, I don't know. There's a couple of things which have uh, done quite well. I've I've only got three stocks in the red now, which is amazing. I'm down out of 28. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, but the big ones are pretty far down. Merck and AT&T, obviously, because of that dis- um, dividend news. And Bristol-Myers Squibb. Bristol-Myers Squibb keeps hovering around the same place does it do that for you well of course it does that for you guys but i guess you guys probably got in a bit earlier than i did so you might still be in the green on it maybe
0: Well i got in a little a little bit earlier but uh unfortunately it's the fx that makes me uh, fluctuate all over the place i'm i'm down about seven yeah. percent on fx on it now i think so my buy price is about 59 dollars or 60 dollars, but yeah I'm, I'm getting absolutely crucified by the, the fx and I'm still
2: green on Bristol-Myers Squibb. Oh, um, Steve and I are kind of opposite way rounds on two stocks, I think. I'm green on Bristol-Myers Squib, and I think he might be slightly red. I'm in the red on NextEra, and I think he might be slightly green.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, NextEra. Just waiting for a pl- time to get into that stock, because obviously pretty late to that. Uh, you guys might know better, because you've used different um, trading platforms, but is Trading212 the only one that lays out the FX and... The way it does or does free trade and things have that sort of feature or not i don't know i'm, I'm not really part of it
0: free trade doesn't lay lay any information out properly at all um all right. realistically you, you don't i mean it's so so everything's so delayed on free trade anyway showing those kind of figures would be fairly pointless i, I haven't used it for so, uh, over a year now so
1: sorry i've only just realized that that sounds like i'm fucking trying to advertise for <laughs> for trading two or two or something there. i'm just interested in if other because i'm i'm trying to think at the moment for a couple of videos to see where trading two is going at the minute and i think it's got an opportunity somewhere to to sort of help you more with your finances or keeping track of your investments a little bit better and I was wondering if it was the only sort of service that keeps track of the FX. I know eToro doesn't because it just presents it you in dollars, and then you've got to calculate it coming back and just, well, hope the amount of money that you've got coming back is, is worth it. And I'm just wondering if there's something there like as a premium service for... Uh, training 212 to get in there and you know do versus s p 500 tracker based on your deposits like it can show you your FX obviously it shows the effects I, I think there's something there that could be built in because they, they do build build a good UI I'm just I'm just thinking of things for a different time we'll move on to uh, exactly what we do, uh, we wanted to talk about this week uh, this week it's my turn to create the game and I've got a feeling this game is going to, uh, pale in comparison to the others, but this is just a bit of fun that would, I invented. Uh, would you um, like a drum roll? I would like a drum roll, and this, I was just about to ask you if you could get, <laughs> cue up the drum roll for me. And so, this week, <laughs> I, <laughs> this week, the game like I've in hand for you is called, Bitcoin or Shitcoin. <laughs> yes. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm pretty convinced that no one can tell the difference between uh coins that have been made up as part of video games and actual apparent cryptocurrencies that are out there and all i'm asking you to do is when i mention a coin you've got to tell me whether it's a bitcoin or a shit coin. and that's an eight bitcoin as in related to games Hi. it's a bitcoin or a shitcoin. so there's the joke there and it's a shame that i have to explain it Thanks, so, thanks for
0: pointing that
2: one out for us, Paul. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: I'm not so, going to get any of uh,
1: these. What, what I've done is I've lined up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I've uh, uh, lined up 10 coins, which could be bitcoins as in, in video oh, games, no. or they could be real-life cryptocurrencies. Uh, I think you're going to... Uh, do you want to do it together or do you want to take it in turns? What do you think? Do you I, don't I don't mind. I don't think turn.
2: I can. I don't think I can name ten cryptos or ten video game coins, but I'll have a go. <laughs> Let,
0: let's let's pick numbers. Let's pick numbers. We're doing sure. Okay. Do you want to yeah, go first, okay. Steve? Yeah, I, yeah, I like mind.
1: that. I'll okay, go yeah. one I'm going to gonna go then. for
0: lucky seven.
1: <laughs> okay, right. You've got an interesting one. This coin is called Unobtainium. What do you think? Is that a Bitcoin or a shit coin? Uh, what
0: I'm going to go for that being a shit coin. What does that mean?
2: Does that mean right. you think it's a crypto or you think it's a video game? I've lost track of this.
1: <laughs> crypto. Oh, you think that's okay. a crypto? I was going to go
2: the other way on this. I think it sounds like an X-Men thing.
1: Alright, interesting. Well, this is uh, a, this is unobtainium. Ob- it's a crypto. It is a crypto coin, oh but it's also uh, a mineral that you can find on the moon Pandora in the uh, film Avatar, which is why I wanted to put it in there because I thought you might have gone the other way. Because, but none of you have watched Avatar, have you? So, all right, Steve. Next up, pick a co- uh, pick a coin. Pick a number. Uh, number number two, please. One, two. Okay, your new—is this a Bitcoin or a shitcoin? This is ARX, A R X. Is that a Bitcoin
2: or a shitcoin? ARX. So A R X. Oh, thanks for spelling that for me. That makes a uh, makes a difference. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> ARX. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had something that I could so I need to ideally I try and say something with working it out style right and I can't really think of anything yeah you've got nothing here you've got no, um, no I stuff. was hoping maybe it might have had a K in it or something and then I thought maybe someone might have invented it as a kind of uh, crypto thingy to do with or sound like Ark or something Kathy like Wood that coin. but since it's got an X I in it, it... I, uh, let's go with it's a computer game coin
0: oh
1: Yes, Arcs is a really? computer game coin from the game Elite Dangerous. That's the space um, space game where it is. it's open world space I've played game. played that game. Massive, massive game. <laughs> I've never heard of that Have game. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've, that. Never, I've never heard of that. Never heard of... I, I, I remember Elite Dangerous, my first experience was crashing into the space station about two minutes in, thinking, I'm not prepared for this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a game that is so hard to play. It's unbelievably it's hard to play. But if you can play it, apparently. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. But apparently, if you do play, can play it well, you can pretty much go across the universe or something. So you remember uh, when we used to talk I about to markets and
2: stuff on this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Pick a number. Pick a number. By the way, ten. playing at home, let me know your scores in the comments below. Number ten. The coin is silver eagle. Is that a Bitcoin or a shitcoin?
0: Good name. Oh, I think. I mean, I'd, I've no idea, but I think that's a, a video game coin.
1: <laughs> that is a video game coin. It's from the game Bioshock. Anyone played Bioshock?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very good game. I've heard, Very, I've heard it. of like Bioshock at like least. I haven't heard was, of the previous one. I
0: didn't know it was a currency, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, Steve W. Uh,
2: uh, six. We have six.
1: No, we haven't. Okay, six, uh, please. S- okay, so your next coin is called Nano. Is that a Bitcoin or a shitcoin? That's the kind of thing.
2: It could be anything, isn't it? It feels like some of these, it was hard to think what yeah. they could be, but Nano.
1: Man, is that is that what the game could be? Is that the reason for the game? <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: oh. I almost wonder <laughs> what what does that even mean. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I almost wonder whether that's too bland for a um, for a video game coin. Uh, it's kind of cool, but kind of also sort of vaguely non-specific. Um, I have got I, so like Silver <laughs> Eagle. That's kind of probably something to do with that game. Let's go in. Nano is a crypto.
0: It is,
1: I think. Okay, I think I've see. seen Nano's nano on, is... on, on Nano hmm. is on what? nano. Is a crypto. It's a, nano is a crypto. It's a ESG crypto, so it's very economically friendly. Currently being pushed because Elon Musk has now decided to become. Largely unknown about Bitcoin, so it's now being pushed by uh, our good friend Chicken Genius Singapore. That's now his favorite coin because two weeks ago, Bitcoin was his favorite coin and it was his only possible other investment that he could ever invest in. But now, because Elon Musk doesn't or might might not like it, he's decided to push this nano coin. (laughs) So that one's going to get pumped pretty soon. Oh, cool. uh, so that, that's crypto. And I just realised I've not been keeping score here. I so. have, it's two each. We've got everything
2: right so far. This is a great oh, game.
1: Good. good, good, good. Okay, so uh, let's see. Um, you've got one, three, four, five, six, and seven. I thought I just I had six, four, and Steve started eight. with
2: seven. He's got eight and nine left. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I can't. Count. Yeah. Don't worry, Paul. I'll sort like this <laughs> <laughs> uh, 9. 9. This is uh, probably my favourite lowball coin here. This is TITCOIN. <laughs> is TITCOIN a ship coin or a Bitcoin? Oh, very good. <laughs> TITCOIN has to be.
0: It has to be a crypto. It has to be. I think it has to be a crypto. I've never heard of it, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, congratulations! <laughs> Titcoin is a is a shit coin. It's um, famously got its logo in the shape of a it's in the shape of a unity symbol with two little dots in the middle. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's just a ridiculous coin, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous coin. Jesus. If you were if guys, if you are here for highbrow entertainment, welcome, welcome to this. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've got uh, eight eight four and three left eight four three and one left mm, now i can't even see no. no
2: we've got uh we've got eight Whatever. four three one and five Pulling uh left. four
1: please Paul. <laughs> it's gonna be a long game. i thought this was gonna be a really short game that we could just get through <laughs> if you no problem uh right four. okay so the mm. next uh the next coin is called the v book is that a bitcoin or a shit coin v book V-book, okay. as in book.
2: Yeah, yeah, so that sounds more like the kind of thing you might buy in a game rather than a thing you might buy it with. Uh, hmm. It also doesn't sound much like a crypto, though. Although, to be fair, I think anything not called Bitcoin something or something <laughs> cash sounds not like a crypto to me. Um, 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 uh, the V-book. It just doesn't sound like any kind of point at all. By the way, just, I, I made
1: this I made this game up in 10 minutes. So nobody like <laughs> Did you nobody criticize it here? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did this in about 10 it was minutes. A, yeah, I, it was at least a week's I, worth I think of work I here, did
2: Paul. this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh
2: okay. Um uh, uh it's uh, it's a
1: computer game one. <laughs> oh
2: it is, it v- must be the is definitely a video game
1: any of our younger listeners here will know this as the currency that is in fortnite oh, oh i
2: feel that was knowable uh, in that steve case as well for people who
1: are not me yeah well i, I tried to i tried to make it a well, little steve bit would you have
0: known that you know
1: more maybe? about video games than me i did know it, yes i did yes ah there you go there you go so we got uh, to- right next one up then
0: we're going to need a tiebreaker this week. So it's going no. to be fine. <laughs> Um What 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 have we got? What have I'll we make got it, left? I'll
1: make it up. Uh, one, three, and five.
2: One, three, five, and eight. Steve.
0: <laughs> I love eight. Five and
1: eight. Uh, eight. Your coin is iota.
0: Oh. Uh, oh, I do know this oh, one. Dear. I think. I think I've seen this one, and I believe it's a crypto
1: it is it's a this is a crypto coin uh, i can't remember why i added it there was a reason why i did it it's just got a very uh it's good for scalability this coin is so that's why i, yeah, I think it's quite a good one there okay next up we'll get through this we have got to push through number this one now. is one ethereum number one
0: it's winner stays on this steve if you get it wrong you're. oh, oh good
1: um <laughs>
2: give me one tell me ethereum and i'll say game coin
1: <laughs> Number one is called Zcash.
2: Zcash. Zcash is um uh, I don't know. We're gonna get through it. A computer game coin.
1: <laughs> no, oh, it's a cryptocurrency. Okay, toy, but well done for getting that wrong. Just so we don't <laughs> have to go to the tiebreaking <laughs> thing. Oh, this is gonna f- this is this is failing. Okay, for the win then. Uh, you, oh no, you got two left, haven't you? Oh, the score God, is four three, three to Steve. Jesus, will this game ever end? Will this um, game ever end what have i got pick left? five steve Just pick, pick five. five you got i don't know what any of them five. are but five is a number that's still left five number five number five you've got the gil is which type of coin is that a g-i-l i reckon he's gonna know this
0: one. oh i know this because this is like one of my favorite games from my childhood
1: and this I is final fantasy currency <laughs> It is the it's Final Fantasy currency. currency. It is a game currency. Yes. It's the Final Fantasy currency. Well,
2: Steve's got five out of five there. <laughs> I'm surprised. Give that man a round of yeah. applause. <laughs> <That's...
1: sighs> Hang on. <laughs> I have to swap to the. <laughs> I... you, missed... you missed my favourite one. Uh, well what then. was your
0: favourite one, Paul? Go on, Paul, for completion, the ti- what was the last one?
1: The, the, ti- the, <laughs> the tiebreaker would have been the Pokemon dollar. Is that a shit coin or a I Bitcoin? I would have gone with that's a crypto,
2: but...
0: No, that has to be an in-game coin
1: surely oh i like that you i like that you split on that that is actually an in-game yes it is but there is also coins out there such as pikachu another coin. that... pokeball yeah. coins that are there as well so Jesus. it could have been absolutely any of them and that was what i was thinking i was going what is the pokemon coin and what is the actual currency in pokemon i don't know but anyway thank you very much for listening to that in the what did you get in the comments below um tell me what your scores were did you beat uh steve w i thought there was going to be more people that got that wrong there but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) okay news of the week then let's get into the news of the markets of the week and first i think we're going to lead with the g7 plan uh to incorporate a global minimum corporation tax uh, down here in the Guardian, uh, the headline is G7 plan will slash UK tax revenue from US tech firms, say experts. What do we think? Is this go- is this coming after the tech uh, companies and should we be selling big tech on this news?
2: No, uh, we shouldn't be. Sell- I mean, it is coming after big tech uh, fairly clearly, but I don't think we should be selling big tech on this news. And actually, I'm not sure that many people are selling big tech on this news. <laughs> or in fact any other news that's kind of been hitting Big Tech a little bit lately. So Google got hit with a fine, and I think Steve D was watching that carefully with a view to jumping on any kind of downward overreaction that didn't really come about, I don't think. But I don't think I don't think this will bother Big Nothing Tech particularly. Happened. Big Tech is Big Tech uh, for a reason. It generally finds a way, um, even if the kind of playing field shifts around, even if the goalposts move, Big Tech finds a way to make money and keep money. And I think this is effectively a game of cat and mouse, but I think... The mouse will prove to be kind of agile enough to stay away from uh, G7 and general kind of tax regulations. They'll find ways to make money one way or another.
0: The, the unfortunate truth is, it, is that these companies are very, very good at, at not being optimised to make profit. The ruling looks like it's going to target companies that make profit margins of 10% or more. Um, and Amazon can quite easily, as they have shown on a number of years, make 9.99% and not pay a dime in tax. And that's what I expect them to do. It, it's not going to change these people or they're not paying a dividend. They don't need to have mountains and mountains of cash flow to be able to service a dividend or anything like that. So they'll just they'll just continue to do what they always do. And that's make mountains of cash and invest it on making mountains more. Eventually, they will have to pay a tax. I think that is just one of those facts of life. They're going to run out of things that governments will let them acquire or run out of things that governments will let them invest in. Um, but I don't think we're anywhere near that now.
1: That's it. The growth story of Amazon has always been never make a profit, always reinvest all of your profits to grow and grow and grow. And that's essentially what Amazon's done. And what we discussed, I think we discussed it last week, or at least we've discussed it in the Discord before, is that Amazon has its loss leader, which is the Amazon, whenever we think of Amazon, we think of them as delivering all of these uh, packages out and it's and it's, it's the visible part of the business. And we think, what an amazing business that must be doing so well. When in reality, not very profitable. It's quite a quite a capital intensive business that is. And uh, most, of, uh, most people should know, especially if you're investing in Amazon, that 50% of its revenue comes from AWS, and it comes from its web services. And, and to be honest with you, That's where uh, Amazon loses me because there's so much more to it after that. Google is largely the same. It's getting a lot from its drive. Don't these companies, though, have an obligation to start paying some tax?
0: Uh, They have a... Well, eventually, I think it's fair that they pay tax in the jurisdictions that they're in. I don't think anybody would argue that that's not not fair. But if you want your Googles and your Amazons to pay tax, then, then put the put the, the law in place to make it happen um, mm. if you have a loophole these companies have the best tax lawyers in the world, they're going to jump through it, they're the same as us, nobody likes paying tax, you don't really come across many many corporate leaders or CEOs at any level who say I just can't wait for my tax bill, I just can't <laughs> wait to pay it. And, it." and it's the same but this is just it's two it's completely extreme levels, now everybody here understands what the tax is for and what it does and well apart from maybe if you're a libertarian or something like that um, but essentially yes they should be paying tax but it's not up to them to uh, organize their business in such a way that they pay tax because that's that sounds like poor business to me if you if you have loopholes in your tax system close them don't don't just scream bloody murder when someone that is what Sweden. they're trying
2: to do in fairness to them i mean G7 yeah, countries poly- are trying to close down um, tax havens or low tax jurisdictions and so on i mean i'm a little bit wary of this if we're getting on the onto the question of kind of obligations and who owes what to who and so on i sort of am a little bit concerned about the idea of well it suits g7 countries a lot to have every country on a level playing field when it comes to tax these are places who are losing tax income because everywhere else is pricing lower than them whether they would feel the same way if things were the other way up um, and they were kind of priced lower than everybody else, and they would say, oh no, we must bring our tax up to the level of uh, Ireland or Bermuda or various places that were basically kind of uh, lower or low or non-existent tax uh, things, is another question. And I'm a little bit sort of watchful of this. I mean, this bill still has a way to go. It still has to get a few past a few more kind of hurdles. It's not like the G7 countries can declare oh, everyone's tax must be this, and that's the end of it. Uh, It's still got to be taken on by a bigger group, and then uh, further legal stuff beyond that. So I'm interested as to whether this will actually make it, uh, because I think um, the way they're set up, countries like Ireland, like Bermuda, are perfectly happy set up, um, collecting not a lot of tax off Amazon, but more tax than anyone else does, and having businesses run stuff through their country whilst not doing anything there.
1: Yeah, you've sort of touched on my next question to you guys, because... Obviously, this does have a long way to go and largely, at the moment, it changes nothing. It's just a group of the biggest tax players that have agreed that maybe we'll set it to a minimum of 15%, even though the tax, pay, um, these players have been paying largely more than 21% or been I mean, asking more, for more than 21% already. Uh, so it's France, Germany, UK, they all charge 21% or over of corporation tax anyway. So the point is is they're trying to convince other companies to at least bring in 15% and try and make it more competitive there. Do they really think this is going to go through? Do they think that Ireland's going to start playing ball? Or is this just another way to score some political points in the short term while everything sort of recovers from covid and basically i said it before on this pod i then.
2: think politicians going to do politician things uh they're going to do things that are attractive to people who might vote for them or who they want to vote for them whether they'll be successful is another question i mean a lot of what happens around big tech we were hearing this week about google getting fined um for i think abuse of their search engine uh, data In Europe, they will find an amount that is probably a fraction of the amount that they've made by using their search engine data power. Uh, A lot of this stuff seems sort of fairly ceremonial, fairly tokenistic. I'd like to think there's something more than that behind this. Um, But sort of with my investor hat on, I, I sit on a kind of fairly healthy don't really know let's find ways to invest around that rather than kind of betting on an outcome i know a lot of people are basically bracing themselves for it certainly a u.s tax hike uh, and probably a broader global tax hike but in my case i'm not quite sure what to make of that so I i tend to think let's stick to the stuff we do know about rather than the stuff that we don't too much
1: yeah that's it it's um ultimately you've got i know we've gone to the political side here and you know i've said oh these it politicians being politicians again? Yeah, probably. They're under the thumb. They're being uh, lobbied by these big tech companies. Uh, they know who is going to control the next election. Uh, th- so they these co- they like you say they're doing these tokenistic things. Um, what though from from an investment point of view? It's just. Uh, standard standard message which is buy good businesses don't worry about these things best businesses
2: if there was going to be an investment message for this it would be about businesses in general and the only thing that it might bring about on this would be think about asset classes that are not businesses so things that don't have net margins uh, but I can't think of many asset classes that I like the look of that are not businesses bonds don't look attractive to me uh, crypto I am um, mm. uh, As you've heard, I don't really know what a crypto is uh, as distinct from a video game coin. (laughs) Um, uh, Gold is not massively attractive to me at current prices. Commodities are all quite high in their cycle, at least by the look of it. I know a lot of people think they might go higher, but um, I can't think of any place I want to put money at the moment or an asset class I want to put money into at the moment that isn't something that has a profit margin. You could buy unprofitable things, I suppose. Then you wouldn't have a problem,
1: but... there's there's plenty of unprofitable things i've been running a lot of details now on companies that are unprofitable and seeing what uh could go up i mean teladoc is one that springs to mind off the top of my head uh, unprofitable company probably making sure that it doesn't make a profit it doesn't get taxed and you know there are there are possibilities out there but Like I said to, I was saying to Steve just before this, I'm struggling to find any companies like that that are running at a good price to sales at the moment, uh, which seems to be the only metric that people use uh, to value these companies.
2: What's price to sales on Spotify? I don't know this, but I had a feeling it wasn't crazy when I looked earlier.
1: Uh, Oh, God, you're going to make me search for stuff now. You better do some color while while I'm... Uh,
2: Possibly. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Steve, how about you? What do you think about um, where you want to put your money in the light of a parent tax on big tech? I think tech? it's
0: a quite famous Buffett, same way he kind of tells you to just ignore the politician of the day. And I think generally that's um, that's kind of the, the, the thing that always rings true in my head is that if the politician who is in charge, the Prime Minister, whatever, makes bad decisions for business and business doesn't do very well, you can pretty much guarantee they won't be there uh, next time the election comes around and you'll have somebody who has more favourable uh, position towards business. Generally that's how I feel about about pol- politics. I'm, I'm not interested in politics at all. I'm not interested in how politics shapes investing. I put politics in the same sort of, um, sort of basket as conspiracy theories and I just don't like investing off the back of stuff that either. I don't know if it's true don't know if what they're saying is true and i have no way of verifying that so mm. i just skip that that doesn't even factor
1: yeah and i think uh a lot of particularly here on youtube we've been hearing a lot of people talk about inflation and how it's going to affect your stock going forward i know i like to talk about such as such things as housing inventory and why i've invested in Lenar corp because of the housing inventory really Most of these things shouldn't really matter as far as economics, where we are in the economic cycles, because if you're buying these companies and they are good businesses in good sectors, we have to remember that it's in good sectors as well. These things shouldn't matter, right? Politics, inflation, uh, anything like that.
0: Well, you've got to remember, when when you're investing in companies with cyclicality in their nature, so if they have good times and bad times, um, you are a market timer uh, by its very nature, really, in that you have to buy the company in bad times and sell the company in good times. Um, You can hold it all the way through if if that's how you really want it, but the idea of a cyclical company is that it has cycles, so it would make sense to buy stuff and sell stuff. And I'm sure it's something we'll go over at some point, but... um, I think cyclical companies are inherently risky companies, uh, especially mm. for a novice investor who who doesn't know when to to you know how to spot a cycle. I was just going to say just before about Lenaco, we've received word today in the UK that lumber's going up again, so we were at, um, we were at pretty much all time highs, we're about twice as high as it's ever been, uh, and it is now going up another fifty percent next quarter. Whoa. So, Get lumber and get it in your safe.
1: Oh mate, I've just I've just cracked the <laughs> table in half. So if anyone wants to spend me um, spend a hundred quid on some uh, old firewood, I'm your man. I've got a whole we, table's we worth was, back here.
0: We were joking about, it, but there's a there's a builder who's building a, um, a, quite a rough area near where we live, and they've just had they put all the copper in, um, whatever. Yeah, and some guy has gone in and stolen all of the timber and left the copper. Wow, <laughs> that shows you how That's... much lumber is at the moment
1: whoa that's that's something st- i wouldn't expect
0: he even stole all the scaffolding boards which, which is very funny but <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh but there you wow.
1: go that's that's quite mental because you know in my lifetime it's been led to copper and copper has been the the main thing surely copper's still pretty expensive just hard to, i suppose it's harder to rip out than than all the uh, timber that's in there as well isn't it mm. oh man i must be sitting on a gold mine in my my backyard right now <laughs> maybe i maybe i uh <laughs> start selling it to some... it's yeah gonna
0: like bomb, I
1: it's gonna be like bonfire night all year round it could happen if you if you're at home now and you've got them uh those fences with the concrete panels and and you slide in the fence panels uh you're you're not gonna have a fence in two weeks time mate unlucky <laughs> We've okay. got them. It might be worth more than the house. Yeah,
2: it could be. <laughs> Take them with you when you move.
1: <laughs> okay, so the message from that one is largely uh, G7, don't do don't care about it. Just buy your good businesses and eventually you should uh, be able to make some money off the stock market. Just stop listening to the short-term news. So we should stop talking about it as well. But this week, um, let's talk about Biogen. Biogen was a very hot company that's come out this week. Uh, with a lovely new drug, which, well, I'll let you guys fill people in on that one. Um, jumped up about fifty percent in a day, based on the news that it released its new drug, Al- Al- Alcunimab. No, that is the Bristol Myers Squibb on. I'll get the name of it.
2: Aducanumab is the Aducanumab. Um, drug here. I think. Yeah, I Aducanumab. think that's how you pronounce it. That's definitely how you spell it.
1: That that's it. Aducanumab. Biogen's
2: a Adu- company Adu- that. Uh, Yeah, so it is to me what Tesla is to Paul, which is to say that considering I don't own it, I know far too much about it. Um, And possibly as with Paul in this situation, I kind of have owned it and then have not owned it and then have owned it again and then have not owned it a bit in the past. Uh, Not deliberately through trading in my case. So this story kind of for me goes back about a year or so that I've been interested in this kind of company. And I'm not the only person who's um, traded badly around this. Traders have gone all over the shop with this one. about a year ago, I was chatting to uh, Steve, um, who's just volunteering himself as a fellow Biogen sucker here. Um, And I found it on a screener because I was screening back then. And it had some lovely looking fundamentals. Price earnings of about 11. Returns on invested capital at around 23%. Returns on equity at around 30%. Debt nicely under control. Revenue creeping upwards. Profit creeping upwards. Everything very, very nice here. Um, But it's a drug company. um, And the big thing coming for them was in their future, basically. Two big things in the course of the last year have really made this stock go in interesting directions. So I was looking at at around $308 a share. uh, And I said to Steve, I I really like this at $290. And he said, I think I like this at $308, to be honest. It's a massive company. It's very well run. There's got to be a good pipeline behind this. 80% gross margin, 40% net margin. This is pretty impressive for any kind of company, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, fast forward then to September of last year and Biogen and its big uh, drug that it has, which is called Tecfidera, uh loses its patent disputes. Tecfidera is an MS drug, a uh, big player for Biogen, but loses a patent dispute to Mylan, who make generics. Uh, oh dear, everything's very bad for Biogen. Their big revenue stream's just gone. Crash, crash, crash. Down comes nearly every expectation of the stock. Um, and now everything hangs on the drug they have coming up in their pipeline called Aducanumab. Aducanumab is, at this point, anticipated to be the first drug in 20 years to be approved for Alzheimer's. And if anyone's, uh, well, ever had or known anyone with Alzheimer's, it is miserable uh, watching cognitive decline um, in those people. It's horrendous there. It's generally thought, or had been generally thought, that there was no way of slowing this down or stopping it. Biogen's aducanumab was on a promise of being able to tackle the underlying causes, so plaque on the brain for Alzheimer's, which is huge if it's doable. In November, uh, the FDA's advisory committee, which these things go through, word came out that... um, I was in the stock at this point. Word came out the FDA advisory committee were going to say, thumbs up uh, to this, and this should be approved. And Biogen flew up uh, from 250 to 355 almost immediately. Uh, And I was getting ready to teach a class when I saw this and I messaged Steve and said, right now I have to try and calm down again because I'm up about 50% on this thing. In fact, I sold it uh, as it happens. Following day, FDA advisory committee comes out and the verdict is no. Uh, Biogen stuff is not conclusive. They don't have the right uh, studies, the right trials, the right evidence to back this up. Stock immediately goes back again to 243. I'm out by this point. I don't care anymore. I've promised myself I'm never buying this company ever again. Um, and things have been quiet since then, until this week or so, where I'll let Steve pick up.
0: Yeah. So the um, the drug uh, has been approved, but but it's been approved with quite a few caveats, which is kind of being it's being hidden a little bit from from what I see. So it looked to me like because I got the message from CNBC. The first drug for Alzheimer's in 20 years has been approved. And this is huge news. We're talking about a probably a double-digit billion drug here in terms of in terms of revenue with a whacking pattern that they could probably use for, I think they've got 15 years left on the patent, which is incredible. Um, that will be a money spinner for Biogen um, and that will be big money for anybody in the stock. I think I even gave Steve a congratulations not knowing he was back out of it, I think. Um, But then when you look into it, it's actually a yes, but also a no, in that the FDA have said, basically, I know phase three is where trials end, but we're giving you a phase four. And you have to go out and you have to prove that this drug actually does the things that you say it does. Because in the trials and in the evidence, it's fairly inconclusive. There are evidences of where it does work and there is evidence where it doesn't work but there is no correlation between the two studies and they've they've stopped studies short and then they've gone back to these studies that they've stopped short to restart them again and it, it all looks fairly odd. So what they've been given is an opportunity to test this drug out in the wild. I think the one of those things is the same sort of idea when we talked about transmedics is that the benefits outweigh the negatives for now. But the issue with being a Biogen shareholder that I can see is that the FDA want regular access to the data and they can withdraw this approval um, at any time, um, basically with, with with not much uh, with not much knowledge. And the actual whole, um, so we'll call it phase four, for example, has to be completed within eight years. So it is an odd time to be a Biogen shareholder, whereas this was the drug that lifted Biogen out of the doldrums. This was the first big success out there pipeline for a long time I'm now sort of thinking this is still really really sketchy and this is now at a much higher price than i would be happy to pay when you were at the whims of the fda taking away essentially everything that makes you the price today so i don't know what you think about it steve
1: yeah just as uh, steve was explaining uh his roller coaster ride with biogen i was just having a quick look on fast Graphs and If you bought it in 2016, Biogen, up until last week, you'd have made a 3.8% return annually. And if you had held it from then until this week, you would have multiplied it up to a 12.4% return, including dividends, um, annually, which is absolutely mental just based on a drug that no one knows works, which is really, really strange, isn't it? And uh, I suppose on another on another level here, I know they're doing this, because, sorry, you, it should be obvious that these guys have been talking for ages, so I know a lot less about this than them. But the alkun, uh, I keep calling it the wrong name. Um, the drug is supposed to get rid of proteins in the brain, and there's been no evidence that's shown that this can do this. So they're going to go out there and test it because it is safe on people. I think that's what they found. It's largely, it's the same as transmedics. Uh, Transmedics, if anyone doesn't know, is a a system we've spoken about in a previous episode. It's a uh, heart transplant device, which they found has no damning effect on hearts uh, 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 in comparison to ice boxes, but it also doesn't show that it does anything better than ice boxes. So they've, Approved it, but they've only proved it on a trial basis, and that's kind of what they've done with this new drug for Alzheimer's. But what's happening with this new drug is it's coming with a $54,000 price tag as well, I believe. It's going to cost you $54,000 to have this treatment that you're going to give to your nan who's got Alzheimer's. She could be 90. I think they're targeting younger people for this, yeah. But are, are you willing to? Are people going to be willing to pay for something that doesn't necessarily work?
2: A couple of things there, I guess. I mean, I've heard, um, or I was reading some professionals saying, even if this does get approved, I was reading this on Monday before the decision was released, uh, they wouldn't prescribe it because, um, as I understand it, Biogen's got two studies, one that does show a decent effect and one that doesn't, and you're supposed to have at least two that do. Um, And in general, this does, to me, scream a lot of, the FDA, and it's very hard to blame the FDA in the following sense of having this kind of sentiment, but people really want this to work. People really want there to be an Alzheimer's drug, and this is a kind of historic-ish move from the FDA. This was um, put on a fast-track FDA uh, consideration process. It's been approved probably slightly short of where it would have been before. I think there is a thought out there that says, I think I heard this from Kramer, so it may or may not be true, um, that I mean, he's good at tapping into sentiment, in fairness, and I guess there are people, if they've got the money, I, wouldn't you try anything? I mean, a lot of people who talk to, about Alzheimer's ask immediately, look, is there any kind of experimental thing we can try? And the answer until now has always been, no, sorry, there isn't. I mean, there's really nothing we can even think to, to punt for
1: you here in a certain way um but first drug of its kind in about 60 years is it or something something like that yeah uh, i'm going off facts in my head here it's it's it is a huge possibility but obviously we don't want to get too excited about it and that's what the share price has done it's jumped 50 percent in a day and it's got very excited about a drug that may or may not work and if it's this if another study comes out that this doesn't work you're screwed right Biogen, why is your screw? I think
2: there's big trouble on Biogen if this does happen. I mean, one of the analysts I was listening to was saying it's a bigish thing, and don't underestimate the size of thing it is for the FDA to now pull this back in again. Partly because um, it would, it might involve admitting they screwed this up in the first place, and partly because people will want, people will want even an experimental um, or an unproven kind of maybe treatment as long as it looks pretty safe they want to try it, but Mm. I take the thought here. I mean, it now looks like it's there's a lot of downside in this stock if this doesn't work properly. And Biogen has been through a a sharp up, sharp down. If anyone looks at the share price chart, you can see the bit where they thought they were getting FDA approval and then saw where they weren't. It sticks out like a really, really sore thumb.
0: Yeah. The the thing is is that these uh, these kind of stocks where you're hanging on an FDA approval uh, tend to be fairly binary events in that you are you're waiting for approval or non-approval, and, and that's it. People often forget that FDA approval isn't the be-all and end-all of, um, of of these companies. They then have to go out and execute, and you can have some of the greatest products in the world. I think that we've come across a few, like Transmedics and Demtech, that we think could potentially be you know, life-saving, brilliant products. Um, Nanox is another one as well, but they have to execute, they have to get these products in front of people, they have to get doctors prescribing them, and Biogen now have a sort of risky, risky sort of play here where they may not be allowed to, you know, to to execute. So for me, they're just as risky as any of your sort of penny players or low dollar players on a company with a, a, you know, a new Spangly treatment for something else. because I think Biogen, without this drug, is pretty much in terminal decline. I don't think there's an awful lot else in that mm. pipeline to get excited about.
2: No, you're dead right, and that's the problem. Um, so now, having jumped up to about $400, they're on a price earnings multiple of about 20 And if you compare that to their kind of peers, your uh, Merckx, your Bristol-Myers Squibs, your Pfizer's, even thinking in Europe, so Roche and Sanofi and Novartis and so on, None of those is on 20 times earnings, and if it's the case that Aducanumab is going to stick and sell in the kind of quantities that people think it might, that multiple's justified. That multiple will come down uh, as as money comes in from that. But it's there in advance, and it now needs to happen. And you're right, compared to even compared to sort of Merck or especially Roche or Sanofi or somewhere like that, that pipeline looks very thin for Biogen. This was this was one of two ways for them, and. It's gone one for now, uh, and the question is whether it sort of stays there. So it's gone from actually being what I thought was a relatively unrisky play, because I thought before it was priced to not get approval. And then I thought, okay, it's all right at yeah. that level. You won't lose much if it doesn't, and you're on a good shot to win if it does. Now I feel like it's priced to keep approval, and there's a slight possibility at least that it won't.
1: Yeah, I mean I can see this at least the trials going well and to a good uh, sample size because I do think that it, well you've got to get the insurance companies on board first but I do think that a lot of people will do anything to not see their significant other or their mother or father in that horrible decline. So I do think people will go for it. I just think that it has to really show that it works, and if it ha- if it has, if it does show that this works, you've created you've created a- an absolute mine there, haven't you? As far as the drug goes, and they're putting the price tag on that for, uh, to to reflect that. So I do think the trials will have a good sample size, but like you say, as far as I looked into Biogen, it was a long time. It was very light. I did think that the uh, I also felt that the uh, the pipeline was a bit a little bit lax so yeah biogen interesting one people are obviously sticking to this uh, narrative at the moment that if you're doing something good for the world if you're going to change the world then the the stock is you know you should be in that stock you know tesla and square and uh, nanox dermtech transmedics all these stocks that absolutely flew up all the charging stocks were another one and then you've got the workhorse which did have that binary event uh that was one of the stocks which they apparently thought was going to change the world with electric vehicles had that binary event and it absolutely smashed to the ground i think it's having a bit of a comeback at the moment but Ark invest, ARK invest is officially out now so it feels like workhorse doesn't have much of a a go left in it but what what i'm trying to touch on here is that we're following this trend at the moment that's being passed around this narrative that if your company is about to change the world for the better then you should be investing in it and there should be no other option to that Uh, but like you said in the stock market some things just fail and we don't know why
2: yeah it's a bit different for biogen compared to sort of the charging companies and so on because biogen already has a massive market cap and moving a massive market cap in any significant yeah. way requires you to do something like finding a treatment for Alzheimer's. And no one says that's easy, by the way. There's no judgment on Biogen if I failed this. No one else has managed it. Uh, Eli Lilly, I think, have an mm. Alzheimer drug that they're working on or have in uh, testing or something like that. Their share price got a bit of a push yesterday with the idea, perhaps, that the FDA might be a little bit sympathetic, put it that way, in approvals for this sort of thing. But trying to move a market cap like that, this is why traders in general, I think, don't like Merck's and Biogen's and so on, because you need some enormous thing uh, to move a market cap like that. Um, and it's much easier for the, a smaller market mm. cap company like one of the charging guys.
0: And they're also pretty much all growth by acquisition, though, aren't they? And they very often don't have an awful lot in their pipeline. They seem to be these little agile little um companies that are, that are laser focused on a certain certain cure or a certain vaccine or, or what have you that tends to actually come up with the solution and then you make your phisors, your bristol mayors just come around and scoop them up
1: that's the whole plan that's the is ho- it's the only way the pharmaceutical industry works and i think it will continue to work like that um okay i think we've done that one so next uh speaking of growth by acquisition uh Pershing Square Tontine. Is that a good segue or at least a very loose segue into Pershing Square Tontine? Uh, Yeah, had a lot of of good news or indifferent news in my opinion. Someone explained to me this complicated deal. This is the Pershing uh, Square Tontine SPAC, which is run by Bill Ackman, who is a man I personally hate, but a lot of other people seem to like <laughs> uh, and i don't know why uh but he's released his SPAC and he's doing what SPACs is do
2: he? i think he's not doing I what SPACs so. do i thought SPACs normally merge with other companies uh and then sort of become the company that they're doing <laughs> he appears to be turning his SPAC into a bunch of things which is a sort of 10 percent bit of universal music uh, another £1.5 billion in spare cash to have another go at uh, doing what SPACs do, but what they actually do rather than buying universal music. Uh, and also giving rights to what were PSTH, I think the ticker symbol was, holders to have a go later on what I think is now the first thing of its kind, which is a Spark uh, SPARC, which is a special purpose acquisition rights company. Uh, so there's a future deal coming, I think, in some point, And if you'd like to look at that, you can either... Uh, engage or sell and go away. Um, it's an interesting looking deal, I think, for a number of reasons, but partly because I see this as quite different to what SPACs normally do, partly because of size, um, but partly because of structure, I think. Uh, Steve's better on SPACs than I am, though, so I'll let him have a go.
1: Yeah, I think I think what I was referring to with uh, SPAC, doing what SPACs do is that it tries to find a target, <laughs> can't find a target, and then just does any old shit with it. That was what oh, I was Oh, in that case, that's respect. exactly what SPACs do then. Yeah.
0: Well, I, uh, <laughs> well I, I, I was gonna say I, I'm gonna I'm gonna commend him on this because I think any other SPAC in that position would have just made that cash happen by you know, that that, that transaction happen, by bumping up the value of Universal Music. So mm. what I think you're getting here is Universal Music seems to be a pretty decent company. I think you're getting it a... Uh, fairly decent price um i don't think it's a a bill ackman style investment it's, it's taking a little bit of getting around. it's a little bit over what the source prices he's used to paying for it but he obviously believes that there's there's you know there's some growth in it still so um it'd be interesting to see how that does maybe two to three quarters in but i am interested in this spin-off this remain co that he's calling it um 1.5 billion is still a rather rather large SPAC um he could still get a a decent deal out of this but the issue is i think for everybody is that it's not starlink it's not spacex and it's not stripe and I, to mm-hmm. be honest with you if you look at bill Ackman's track record his last spack he took burger king live um i don't think he was ever going to go for any of those businesses
1: yep yeah, um so he's kind of made a sort of babushka spack at the minute where it's like a Russian. Russian doll spack, where they, he's just made another spack within a spack, and I didn't realize you could do that. I thought the rules on spacks were that if you don't find a if you don't find a merge target, you give all the money back. I didn't know you could just make another spack out of the spack already. I mean, surely now this is going to set up loads of other spacks to just repeatedly spack forever. So let's say, what what is to stop a spack from not finding a target? And then going to another SPAC and going, Have you got a target? And they'll go, no, you ain't got a target. And they go, well, should we just merge together and then we'll make a double SPAC and what, what's to stop them from doing that? What's Is it? there any rules? As I said, there was talk of this earlier, which
0: was quite interesting. That was a, a SPAC was, has merged with a company, and there was a SPAC looking to buy the SPAC and the merged company <laughs> to make <laughs> some kind of crazy company. I mean, this is the level of sort of like weirdness we've got to now. When, when you start to get to the technicalities of a random sort of part of the business, you think perhaps we've seen all we need to see.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's it, The life's being drained out of this. This is the... This is the SPAC bubble yeah and there's a lot of them still off, kicking around it, really? I
2: mean I think I was listening to something earlier that said I think there are something like 200 or so SPACs that need to get merged by the end of next year or so and that's going to mean there's quite a lot of deals happening mm. or, or return capital or find some interesting way of um, Bell Ackman roll over their SPAC somehow but mm. uh, assuming they all try to merge There's going to be some interesting deals coming around. There might be some good ones. There's going to be a lot of uninteresting ones. And based on the kind of response to PSTH, as I saw it, the market didn't like this very much uh, when this was kind of announced. It seemed to go down a little bit. And I'm trying to work out why. Because like Steve, I don't think this is a terrible deal, the universal bit, on the face of it. The rest of it's kind of a do-over to next time. I wonder whether it's got something to do with the thought that Universal Music is planning to either IPO or direct list. And people were thinking something along the lines of, well, look, if I wanted to buy Universal Music, I can buy Universal Music. I don't particularly need this SPAC to get it for me. The, one, the thing I thought about SPACs that made them interesting was that you can get older companies that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get hold of. So when there was talk of uh, Pershing Square being linked with Airbnb, um, that might have been a nice way to get in on Airbnb. Same with Stripe, if you like those companies. Uh, And you think the deal can be done on decent terms for you by the person who's managing it. Uh, In the case of um, uh, Universal Music, it's about to either direct list or IPO. Uh, There's a question. You might get it at a worse price in an IPO. It might be that Bellackman's got a price there that gets a jump on you. And that this is going to be a Mm. valuable kind of thing. Uh, But it's not like there's a sense of excitement around the, Mm. oh, that's the only way we could have got this. Now I have to go and buy this back so I can get access to... Uh, universal music
1: yeah I suppose when you think about it that way these SPACs could now move to a sort of okay this is this company is secretly going to IPO so we'll buy a fraction of it and that will allow you as a shareholder to get in at a lower valuation Possibly because we know how IPOs have been just jumping on the first second. So maybe as a trader, you could buy X SPAC, you buy Universal SPAC, and then when it does direct list, it to, goes to the moon and you can sell off your uh, Pershing Square Tontine holdings. It, it's
0: all part of the sort of the frothiness at the end of the, the bubble, I think. I mean, I saw Soaring Eagle had merged with, um, I think it's Ginkgo Bioworks there. and enzyme uh designing company, which is quite an interesting company they're well worth a look at if you fancy you know it's a bit sort of like um it's just really odd alien tech really but it is worth a look at mm. um but they in their statement in there they they basically said we have valued ourselves to raise the maximum amount of capital that, <laughs> i mean what what part what part of that says Buy buy our shares because I mean if that they're trading at nine eighty seven now they're quite far under NAV and I think the only thing keeping them tight to NAV is the fact that you can then redeem it for NAV rather than buy. I can't see that on open going going up. (laughs) I think when that gets there, it's going to be a six or seven dollar stock.
1: Yeah, this is what I'm kind of scared of with these with these is that people are. Holding them, anything under ten for a spack is gold dust. Like you should be buying, buying, buying spacks under ten, because uh, the idea is that if they don't merge, then mm-hmm. you get your money back. But how many spacks have actually uh, returned the capital? Could, because most of them are spending it on sushi restaurants and yeah, well private you can choose. You,
0: you can choose with most brokers to redeem it. You don't have to take the uh, take the deal. Um, but okay. unfortunately not with not with many of the commission free brokers it just gets swapped over and you're left holding the bag
1: yeah fair enough and so the company itself still needs to go up it still needs to be absolutely tremendous and you look at Helion, look at Workhorse was a SPAC I think it's got to be is, are these companies going under down in their price below the SPAC level if especially as they've all issued chairs since What's that?
2: Nicola Motors was a SPAC.
1: Oh, yeah. Nicola, yeah. Nicola's the big SPAC, isn't it? Hillion was actually an IPO, wasn't it, thinking about it? Um, I think I was a
0: SPAC as well, Hillion. Oh, was it? Sorry. SPAC, yeah. Yes,
1: of course it was. It was uh, the green one, wasn't it? Um, Tortoise Acquisition, that was it. It was cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Nicola Motors would be a good example. I have no idea what Nicola Motors price is these days. I haven't heard a word about it for ages. But, uh, yeah, uh, spacks are a dangerous thing and obviously now we've got SPACs buying parts of companies uh, which I didn't realize was possible so uh, and then leaving the rest of the
2: either I thought it was a really interesting idea Paul that this might be a kind of cheap way into the IPO and then you might sell at the IPO uh, mm. I kind of like that idea but then I think of we talked to a couple of pods ago I think about process which is basically currently holding an amount of 10 cent that's worth more than it is, and it doesn't seem to be able to move its share price to the kind of level that it ought Mm. to be at. So, I mean, you might find, I guess, it's theoretically possible, you find your formerly Pershing Square thing now holding a lump of um, Universal Music that it can't seem to get its price to the, what would in theory be the market cap value of um, the Universal Music that it's holding, so 10% of
0: whatever Universal's market cap is. One of the things I was just going to say about about Gink, Ginkgo. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's G-I-N-K-G-O. Ginkgo. That's how I would pronounce that, so it's
2: probably wrong. Ginkgo.
0: Right. The interesting thing about that is I think they're going to go through with a $15 billion valuation on pretty much negligible sales, which puts it kind of in line with some sort of genomics companies. I was thinking like 10X Genomics is probably in that kind of range, but 10X has got pretty decent revenue um, for a genomics company anyway, so I just, I just wonder what I mean, I, I was holding it until I read all the statements, and I just thought, "Oh no, I can't, I can't <laughs> hold this." But I, I, I would buy, I would buy that company, um, but but maybe at half the price it is today. So it does really yeah, make me yeah. wonder about how you know how uh, how does this work in people's heads? Who who's holding this thinking? Uh, 15 billion, it'll probably be seven and a half billion when it goes through. But, you know, and I would say here that I think if this does what it says it can do, this company will be worth more than 15 billion. I think I can pretty much comfortably say that. But the difference is is that it's a bit like the drug companies we spoke about earlier. It's got to execute, It's, it's got to execute on what is a brand new technology, a brand new industry. It's got to forge a brand new industry. And, you know, I think I would imagine there's plenty of companies that have been and gone in this kind of space that we've never heard of
1: yeah and touching on because i've remembered what i was going to say there um touching back on to steve w's thing about getting into the ipo market uh chamath our good friend chamath a friend of the podcast he (laughs) has he's put in for two more i think and he's and did one of you two say yeah did one of you two say he's now got 26 he's doing the whole Alphabet or something, and yeah, he's um, got all the way
0: up to Z. Uh, he's got all the way up to Z already reserved, um, including iPoo. And he's also got, um, I think he's just registered four more with 200 million each, which I think he said he's looking for biotech companies, so um, that could be ipoo, a, a real IPU is bag.
1: definitely getting bought in it. IPo is. Definitely getting bought. Oh, by that's absolutely the next. Everybody. That's the
0: next meme stock, isn't it? That it is, is the next, the next, meme, next meme
1: stock. stock it? It, no, be no GameStop, it.
0: Sell AMC. Sell GameStop. Buy IPO. IPO to the moon. Buy
1: AIP. Yeah, IPO to the moon. Yeah, but um, I suppose part of chamath's idea here is because he's a big banger with these facts He's saying that you can get into these companies early. This is more access, pre-IPO. For uh, retail, real investors, your Twitter investors, meme investors, it's, it's a, it's a uh, early entry, and maybe with this new move by Bill Ackman, maybe he's right. Maybe he now does have access to some of the companies uh, pre-IPO and a, even little, even small versions of companies. So maybe, maybe now twenty of Chamas' new spacks could all hold two percent in strike or two percent <laughs> in some of the big companies you know it's very possible. Uh, so that could be that could be where it went uh how i think uh, we'll leave that there i think that's uh good for the podcast today we must have been close to an hour uh going forward on that one thank you very much to everybody who listens today i don't know if steve d's got a sound effect to to play us out on this one <laughs> um what could we do <laughs> but yes uh if uh you found today's podcast interesting give us a like give us a subscribe and a lovely five-star review on apple podcasts we've had some really nice reviews re- recently on apple podcast Podbean, audible spotify all of those uh, google podcasts we've had some great ones recently and uh, if you've got any ideas for this podcast or any questions for us, we're happy to answer them on here. It, it could be about us personally or be about any news or we may even take a look at, into some stocks. We have to be really interested in the stocks to actually look at them, though. Um, and uh, as always, uh, we're always trying to get better on this on this podcast and we're always trying to improve. So we shall see you next week. Thank you very much. I'm amazed how many people own stocks.
0: I'm amazed how many people own stocks.
1: This sucker's going up.